0: Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. The show that takes you home. The Homestretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City. 1510 a.m. 94.5 FM and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the Homestretch, ESPN Kansas City. 1510 a.m. 94.5 FM. 1510.com. No Facebook Live because it is broken. Uh oh. It's broken. But you know what's not broken? Well, the microphones. Oh, okay. I think you're going to say that. But Briscoe's kind of broken broken yeah. Briscoe. The alliteration with B is just so good. It's too easy. Yeah, we're on we're on uh,
1: Facebook Live today. Um, <laughs> I am broken, Facebook's broken. Uh, but we're happy to be here on a Briscoe Wednesday.
0: Brisco Wednesday. My nose was broken at one point in my life and that's why it's crooked still.
1: Look at me straight on. Like really try to give me the straight on angle. Yeah, I guess I could see it, but I've never looked at your nose and been like, wow, I wonder what happened to that, you know? Uh, Dylan Michaels, behind the glass. What's up, Dylan? Look at
0: you, dude. Look at you. Looking crispy today. Yeah. Thank you. Is that a Reds
1: jacket or a Bears jacket? bears. I could only see the edge of the sea and I'm the kidding, color it's the reds. stuff. Okay, all right. The
0: red's has to be because it matches the color. With well, those bears it would be orange. It's very close. It's very close. The sea also.
1: That's what I was saying yeah. is that when, when the back half of it was covered, the shape was a little bit. I think the defining difference is the point on the left side of the sea. I think the red's one's a little more stubby. I think the bears one's a little more pointy. But the uh, the red and the orange from over here were were close enough that I wasn't
2: 100% sure. See, I like to joke that because I got this at a sale for a warehouse company that makes these shirts. Sure. And when mess up, they sell it for half price.
0: And so that's why it's slightly
2: orangish too. No, or Is I that no. just the tint through here? It's I joke tent. that there was no mess ups. It's just people can't tell what team it's for, so they just they well, say we can't Well, sure. Do it. I get there. You go. It might not even be a joke. That might be real. That it might be like we. Can't <laughs> the Bears are kind tell. of a joke, anyways. Let's be honest here. We're, yeah. Well.
1: Well, the red and the reds are nothing right yeah, home about it. <laughs> regardless of what that jacket means, it is not. It has not brought a lot of winning recently. Oh, speaking of broke, these headphones. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the, whole, whole the, whole setup, the whole setup, frankly. I forgot.
0: These are my... See, so I'm smart. These right? are air traffic controllers. These are... Yes, these things are massive. I look like I am... Captain Kazoo. Captain Kazoo. Yes. Yeah. Who are you? you the Kazoo Kid. Remember that one? Yeah. You did the face, so it seemed like you knew. You no, I'm just fidgeting oh, with you're my you with the volume? broken jack, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah everything's broke. Uh, by Brokers the way, go. with my nose... Yeah. I remember my, my dad one time looked at me, we were eating dinner and goes, You broke your nose at some point point. and I was like, I I did. He goes, Yeah And I remember when it, probably when it happened, it was middle school. I was playing basketball. I hurt my nose and you know, you just kinda popped back in place. What what do you do for it? And he goes, Yeah. Yeah, you broke that at one point. Sure looks like I'm like Thanks, Dad. So you didn't realize it was broken no, all these years? No, but I remembered when it happened. Right. We, frankly, it was actually a girl that did it. Uh, we Good. were playing. I was in seventh grade, maybe. We were playing the high schoolers, the girls' high school team. And At what? At basketball, Basketball. basketball. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, Basketball, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't play football, and it wasn't bowling. Well, I, was thinking, I, yeah.
1: was, look, I was thinking that I probably look, yeah, I got, it injuries. was golf. Someone I, just, just I probably caused injuries me. of... Uh, of the dodgeball sort, I'm sure, sure. I delivered sure. some of my own. I miss dodgeball. Yeah,
0: got a can. But when you're that age, girls' basketball. Yeah, they they throw bows. Yeah, physical. They got some height there. At that they got point some so height. I was like two. four foot nine. Yeah, you've grown at least two inches since then. At least, maybe three. I'll give you a five fly if you want it. Thank you. Uh, this guy, whoever however tall I am, was able to go in the field after the Bills Chiefs game. Yeah, saw that. look like, like a good time out there. Guess who was able to get up and hit the crossbar? I'm glad I didn't have a football because I would have gotten stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> but I still got the crossbar in cowboy boots. That's pretty good. This guy.
1: I would have uh, I would have approached the bar and then gone up and then just done a finger roll.
0: So I would have done maybe that, the jump back. But there was no football, right? So then I can't just be the dude who just does a finger roll with no ball. You look like a I don't know did me you, in third did you grade graze going to the, the
1: crossbar. Did you feel like you made good contact? No. It, Could you grab the crossbar if you got a little if you were in uh, better shoes for jumping? Oh, easy. 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 You could jump and hold on to it. I
0: think so. Easy. Yeah, fairly easy. If I just wear my basketball shoes, I think fairly easy. If I get it in cowboy boots and just hit it. Where did you get it in it, cowboy boots? Oh, I just I just, just nicked it. I mean, I, 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 more than a graze, but not. I didn't go on full smack the bad boy. Also, I was nervous that Carl Sheffers was going to come out and throw a 15-yard flag. I sure. So I had to uh, be... Quick with it, yeah. If the Chiefs would have won that game, they actually might have lost it
1: on your showboating post game. Sure, sure. How high do you think you could have jumped if the Chiefs would have won? Would you have had more jumping energy?
0: I think I, I'm not gonna lie though; the adrenaline was flowing through me. Uh, I mean, I and also understand. people were were there. It wasn't just me on the
1: field. You and Tony Gonzalez have both leapt in that corner of the end zone, Correct. to
0: dunk over a goalpost. So to make contact with a goalpost, ba- yeah, make contact. Basically, what you're saying is, I'm Tony G. I'm saying you're Name like Name one different thing that between me and him. I'm saying you're like Tony C minus. You wanna talk some uh some sports? Uh Really quickly. Thank God. We'll, we'll talk just some quick sports. Uh, it's not what you're thinking. It's not football. Did you see this the is Aaron an actual- Wilson
1: tweet from right before the show started? Whom? A- Aaron Wilson of I believe he's with the Pro Football Network now, uh, formerly the uh, the Houston Chronicle. Actually, he's just with a spot in Houston. He's he a lot of independent reporting and okay. stuff, and he's usually got something to it. Chiefs regarded as strong contender for veteran free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. per league sources as he contemplates options. Continues to make steady progress in his recovery from torn ACL. Potential connection between OBJ and Patrick Mahomes is
0: intriguing. End quote. Do you want
2: to give me a heart attack? I was going to say, well... This is just going to go how it always goes. I yes. know we're going to get all excited, and yeah. he's going to maybe pick the Chiefs, but... Not in this house. You guys don't understand. I just don't ever remember when we do land the midseason massive acquisition. Uh, Terrell Revis, hello. <laughs> now, I did forget Terrell Suggs, Casey Terrell Chiefs Suggs, legend. legend. Chiefs Ring of Honor, potentially. That's I'm not, not saying it so. can happen, but well, maybe. Well, just the
0: biceps. It's just, instead of a bust... For Thomas Jones, it's not his face, it's his bicep. Yeah, that's right. I am the the massive OBJ supporter. Sure. I've always liked Odell Beckham Jr. Me too. He got a bad rap with the Giants. Yep. They weren't winning. They were a horrible organization, poorly run. He was passionate. He was irritated. And I always say, put him on a good team. You're not going to hear him complain. He went to the Rams and what happened? Didn't hear a Heap from Odell Beckham Jr., and he was not even targeted or used as much as he was in his previous stops. Odell Beckham Jr. wants to win. He would be a perfect addition for Kansas City. I have zero idea what a contract would look like. I honestly don't. Is he in a $5 million a year range? Is he $15 million a year? Is he more? I don't know. He's coming it, off of a ACL tear.
1: It would also be hard for the Chiefs to sign him without there being multiple years attached to it, Because the even contract, if it's yes. a dummy year kind of thing and I'm not saying that rules them out. I just think if you're playing, hey, X or the field, I would take the field over any individual team right now sure. for OBJ. No one is a 50% favorite in my mind. Like, it is legitimately going to be a toss-up, and it also could be at least another month. I think the original idea from his ACL was November. As you said, he, he tore that thing. You guys remember when, uh, when Odell Beckham tore his ACL? It was a pretty big moment, pretty big game. It happened in February. That is not a very long time ago in the ACL recovery uh, track. So he's right now just he is the freest free agent of all time. He is on his college recruiting trips. And uh, the idea that the Chiefs are a strong contender tracks with me. I think that's fine.
0: The should be spot track. Ranking for where they think his contract would be is $13.1 million per season.
1: That's going to you per that out for less than a full season. So, you you know, by the halfway That's mark, is, you it, need is it five, six, or seven? Sure. And I don't even know. I, th- again, this is where it all is going to come together. This is a legitimately pretty unique circumstance without much by way of precedent. So, if we get to November 1st, and there are five teams that are like, man, we think that Odell Beckham's going to increase our Super Bowl window. Well, all of a sudden, he's got bitters. Yeah. And at that point, I think the Chiefs probably are out. If he says, I want to be a Chief, and I'll do it for Josh Gordon's old paycheck, yeah. I, I'm sure the Chiefs would jump at that. I don't know that they're going to have the capacity to do that. They should have the willingness though, because they need to keep adding receivers who can beat man coverage.
0: Yeah, he would be the, in my opinion, perfect addition. As much as I like DJ I think a Moore, I perfect addition would be Jamar Chase or perhaps Justin Jefferson. Okay. Or maybe Prime I, Terrell Owens. Real, how about realistic? Oh, okay. Available oh, yeah, options. yeah, yeah. You want to bring Des Bryant now? I think. Just, Des, well, hold Bryant. On. Des Bryant is available. I to say Des Did Bryant. Did He recently say he went
1: he was not yet retired. Oh no no, it was Deshaun Jackson who then signed with the Ravens practice yeah.
0: squad. Who's about 36.
1: 30 I think he's 35 uh, legitimately. Uh. It's all, I this is not the time for it to happen even if he hadn't just signed with the Ravens. But I always sort of expected that Deshaun Jackson would be a chief under Andy Reid at some point. The fact he's not has been frankly slightly surprising. No, that's that's what I'm saying is if you would if you would have given me the odds somewhere on Deshaun Jackson eventually plays for Andy Reid in Kansas City. I totally would have taken that. He's played for some weird teams.
0: Yeah. But I think the realistic possibilities, er, Odell Beckham Jr., that's why I hate when people say OBJ for Landon Brown Jr., because that's
1: not. It's easier to take notes on. He played in, Deshaun Jackson played in Philly, Washington, Tampa, the Rams, and the Raiders. Now he's a Raven. At no point in, and he went back to Philly. Oh, yeah. At no point in here did he ever end up in an Andy Reid offense in Kansas City. Frankly, it's it's unfair. Receivers that would make sense. I wanted to land the Deshaun The
0: reason I like him the most, Odell Beckham Jr., he's not necessarily going to break the bank. He's a guy who can help you win right now, and you don't have to give up any draft capital to get a game-changing wide receiver. Yeah. DJ Moore is a game-changing wide receiver. And his contract is relatively, in my opinion, undervalued for what we saw the wide receiver market explode for last year, but he's still getting paid twenty mil per season over the next three years, right? I don't know if Kansas City wants to make that deal when they just did not sign Tyreek Hill, who in my opinion is a marginal not marginally, but a vastly better receiver. Yes. And the contract isn't that much different. Yeah. Sure, maybe it's $10 million a year, but you'd pay that for Tyreek Hill over DJ Moore. Right, that, yes. I think you can find a wide receiver earlier on in the draft, whether it's a first-rounder, second-rounder. We've seen that happen. Chiefs have not had great luck with that necessarily, but we've seen teams around the league be able to hit on first, second, third, fourth-round wide receivers and make an, uh, make an impact. So, Oda Beckham Jr., no draft capital given up. The contract situation is going to be cheaper than another impact player you could receive. If you're not going for him, I don't like the idea of trading for a top-end wide receiver. A Terry McLaurin, a DJ Moore makes no sense to me. And the the reason that so much of this time has been
1: spent around specifically OBJ is because he's kind of the end of the list. Yeah. It's kind of a one-man list for realistic options to upgrade at wide receiver. There might be some guys you could say, "Hey, we think we could send a fourth or fifth round pick to this team for this guy, and maybe we find some magic in there." Josh Gordon was released
0: from the Titans practice squad, right? That's or a, was it the Ravens is, at that point? Yeah, it was Titans. 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 It was Titans. Hey, so he may have some left in the tank. They brought back Chris Conley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they brought back Chris
1: Bleep and Conley, who I like. I've always liked Chris Conley. Sure. I hope that he, you know, makes an impact and gets on the field at some point. It'd be fun. Fun story. He made a Star Wars fan film in college. I, I, I love Chris Conley, but. That is, it is a very strange binary that is either one or zero. It is either Odell Beckham Jr. or probably nobody in a way that, like, think about how we talk about draft evaluations. It's not, uh, you know, Sky Moore or Drake London or, we we can look at all those guys and you can all kind of pick a draft crush. In this case, it's like, hey, so the Chiefs could draft Sky Moore or they could draft no receivers. What would you have them do? It's like, well, I guess I'd rather them draft their favorite guy possible, because this position needs a little influx. That's where we're at with OBJ. It's that If they're going to get anything, it's probably going to be from him, but that means that he has some leverage around the entirety of the league. Also, the wide receiver view, you looking at next year's draft, I think is also fascinating, um, in part because of what they need, what we've seen from this team so far this year, but also the fact that right now Skymore has not done anything, period, I guess. Well, but he he's hasn't got he's a massive not, opportunity either. No, 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 I know, no, no. Sky Moore has not done anything to impact this offense in 2022 to this point, and that will change at some point in 2022. How much will it change? How good will he be? No idea. But the Chiefs have— it. The wide receiver and edge rusher situation for the Chiefs are very similar for me right now. Both positions have underperformed. Both positions need to be more impactful in their realm of the game on a week-to-week basis. And both at receiver and at edge, the best chance for an in-season upgrade is from rookies who are still playing or barely playing now.
0: Let me add this. I think you can make the case for tackle as well. Because if you want to say canard or not rookie in Lucas Niang, if he's healthy, could potentially be an upgrade over Andrew Wiley. I don't think you're getting an upgrade on the current roster over Orlando Brown Jr., I just don't think you are. As much as we've given him a hard time, a lot of that does stem from the contract that he was wanting. And if he was wanting a Andrew Wiley contract, I think we would have less anger. I don't even know what to say. It's anger. but People got pissy
1: at him for being like, hey, you don't want to go into this year with a backup
0: tackle. I was frankly kind of angry too. Like It it just happens. And I don't want to say if anger was the right word. I think what it was was a sense of, what has he done to earn what he's asking for? It seems like he's holding out. It seems like he's basically saying, "It's me, or else." If you're not getting this contract, I don't know if I'm going to play. He was trying to put the Chiefs in a rock in a hard place, and the Chiefs basically played hardball back and said, "Okay." Yeah, we call, no. we we call, call this bluff.
1: negotiating is yeah. what we call it. No one ever holds the Chiefs at, well, come on, you're, you're not going to reward this guy you just traded for and get him out there and pay him and have him out there day one. It's always, why would the players say something like that? And and there can be truth to all of it. Like, we, we talked about some of it at the time. Um, all that to say, though, I think you're absolutely right. I've been on this grind for a couple of weeks now, and I feel like it's going to pick up um, probably more as the season goes on. The pendulum has swung wildly and out of control on Orlando Brown Jr. It it swung in an anti-Orlando Brown direction during that negotiation process. Mm. He got a little goodwill by showing up the training camp yeah. way sooner than he needed to, but I give but him a lot of credit by, for that. But he but not by much for the the fan base uh, ad, as a whole. And I think right now we are still skewed in a oh bleep that guy he doesn't even want to be here kind of mode that is now. It is now coloring how people are looking at his performance in a way that I don't think is fair, which is not to say that he's been good because he has not been very good. But I think a lot of the he's been a dude. I think a lot of the venom in the criticism has stemmed from from contract stuff.
0: I just think he's just a dude. Yeah, I I think the Chiefs could let him walk and I would have no issues. People always go, well, who, who would play instead of him? I go another dude well, because he's well, just a dude well who
1: who is your other dude because here's the thing i i think you're right that right now orlando brown is basically a replacement re- level re- pl- that's the phrase replacement be, level player i think right now orlando brown is a replacement level left tackle sure i think there are probably about 15 of those so if he's the and this again please please let me get to the end of where the logic takes me if he's the 15th best left tackle in football maybe too high i don't know maybe it's 20 right if he's the 20th best left tackle in football But there are only 20 guys you could have that feel like you're going to keep their head above water more often than not. Or he's a guy that you still think there's some further potential on. That makes it more complicated than just find another guy. Sure, but I, I... My, it also I, does not make him a good investment. Yes,
0: and that's my, where I come down to is the investment is not worth it. The juice is not worth the squeeze. I would prefer to get maybe a slightly below average guy there than if you can improve your roster in other spots. But they already did that. His name is Andrew Wiley, and Von Miller got him killed. Sure. Like, this is, this I, is, I'm not arguing
1: with but, you. I'm just sort of arguing also, with why would, isn't every player on this roster perfect. No,
0: no, no. no I, I made this case the other day. I said, not everyone's going to be an all-pro. Correct. That's one of my pet peeves when it comes to talking about the Chiefs or the NFL. Everyone the only expects everyone that's to be perfect true
1: for is for the vote on Omar Royals. I mean that team was so basically basically <laughs> all star and all star and all star uh, all the way down the lineup.
0: But my that's point is, do. you're not going to get that, and that's why I was personally okay originally with Andrew Wiley at right tackle. I still am because I think Andrew Riley's fine. Sure, get me, come get me. I think Andrew Riley's fine. I, I also would say part of He's the a issue is great value still great value. I would say the issue comes down to not necessarily just Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown Jr. Some of it comes down to how the Chiefs game plan. Sure. I think some of it comes down to Trey Smith taking a, ba- uh, a step back this season. That's been an issue He's that's been He's been hurt been, all, sure, all year with different things as well. 100%. That can explain a step back. And, and, and that's definitely fair. But if that's the case, I'm okay with get, letting Nick Allegretti get some more work. Or, here's a novel concept, even use a sixth— offensive lineman or a tight end just to block on place and again maybe that's Blake Bell being out which could be some of the issue here Alec Grady but, is their sixth guy when they do that but but why not because we saw the Raiders use six offensive linemen and yeah. they could not be stopped on the ground I'm not saying that's what the Chiefs do no I but with Patrick under pressure how often do you get through five reads to begin with when you have time let alone when you're getting pressured add another guy there um
1: and I understand the spirit of that, and I personally am not even really building a counter-argument for you. I'm just going to answer your question, which is why don't the Chiefs do that? The reason the Chiefs don't do that is because they don't want to do that. Uh, and the more you know, fleshed-out version of that. Is that whenever you have a sixth offensive lineman, you've taken away a pass catching option. Whenever it's Travis Kelsey there, you've now well, you're your not number using one. Travis well, Kelsey. hold on, yeah, yeah. but when, if you're if you're going to line him up even in the slot or or certainly like off tackle, if you have Travis Kelsey just throwing a chip, you now have your number one right wide receiver starting his route with purposeful physical contact with Von Miller or Max Crosby or whoever. If it's Noah Gray or if it's Jody Fortson or if it eventually becomes Blake Bell or whoever it is, the Chiefs want to keep. Their options open, not not because Mahomes is going to get through every read, I think that's an interesting point, but because you want to stress the defense in every spot possible, where even if even if uh, Mahomes is never going to get to McCole Hardman deep downfield on the far right side of the field, he's working left to right in this case, or whatever, this is totally made up a fictional play, I don't know if any of this is going to make sense. Maybe he never gets to the right side to see what Hardman's doing, but maybe that safety ends up drifting that direction. So now all of a sudden Juju's open underneath sure. because because McCall Hardman's running a deep route out of the slot instead of having Nick Allegretti on the field. I'm again not telling you that's even working right now. Yeah. I just think that's probably a really dumbed down version of my assumption of what
0: that what their answer would be. I, I, fine, again. I, I just that's don't all think it is, it's fine. I, I, I just I, I forget who it is. So, someone has a Twitter account, and the the pin tweet literally says nothing matters if the O line sucks. Yeah, and I think there's some truth to that. There's some truth. Nothing yeah. matters if the O line sucks. I'm not saying the Chiefs' offensive line sucks by any means. I think the interior is still one of the best in the NFL. But to say they're playing about average, I think, is a very fair part yeah. here. And when you have yeah. Mahomes and you're a pass first offense. There's going to be more focus on this. I do think Mahomes, at times, does not help his tackles. There was one play specifically where Orlando Brown Jr., I think, actually did a great job against a speed rusher. I think it actually was against Von Miller. He he came down.
1: Was this back up against the end zone? Because there was a play back up against the end zone
0: where where Orlando Brown runs Von Miller through the end zone behind him. No, not Mahomes. This is about all the 20 or or 30s. Yeah, and then he pushes him all the way, and Mahomes doesn't step up. He keeps drifting back, right. and it allowed Von Miller eventually to get back in the play there. Yep, it's going to happen. Yep. So it's one of those situations where you're like that's on Mahomes more so, or Wiley getting beat, whatever it was. That's not Orlando Brown Jr. I think it's such a multifaceted issue. It always is. Absolutely. That it's it's very difficult to blame just one or two players for it. Yeah. But you can't get beat right away. You got to figure out something to do. You can't get beat inside. Do, do, do you blame any of this on Andy Reid, the coaching staff? the play calling, the personnel, how much of this should be on Andy Reid for not, or maybe having too much faith, if you will, in Wiley and Orlando Brown Jr. So I think that's an interesting question because one thing that that Seth Kaiser
1: even pointed out as a coaching thing in his film review of kind of some of the stuff that went wrong, when Von Miller beats you across your face with a spin move that he's been showing off more, first of all, it's a nasty move, but also that ruins a play immediately. If you get beat to the inside on this play that Seth was talking about, I can't remember. I think it was McKinnon um, was over to Chip on the outside for Wiley. Well, Wiley still he's playing as if he doesn't have Chip help, and so he doesn't cheat to the inside. Well, if you've if you've really emphasized, hey, protect protect your left, cheat that direction when you've got Chip help, and the two of us are going to combo uh, uh, Von Miller here. That could be a coaching issue. Could be an execution issue. The idea of a trust issue, I think, is is very close to close to the the bullseye on this one. Where, and sometimes by necessity, mm-hmm. the Chiefs have to trust every one of their corners to win a one-on-one matchup at some point or another. You cannot just bracket One Thornhill and Joshua Williams around Stefan Diggs. If you do that, then somebody else has a one-on-one matchup that you don't like either. It will eventually fall apart that way. You, need, you can help Josh Williams a lot. You don't have to blitz on third and whatever from their own one. Sure. But there are degrees to all of this. Here's my biggest picture. It took me a long time to. It took me till I don't know. At least at least Monday afternoon. I did a post game show Sunday night, right? Sure. I talked about this game for ten hours before I feel like I really have. So my you want to talk
0: more about it? No, no, no. no. <laughs> it
1: t- I think it took me ten hours to come up with my with my real real takeaway. Okay. The Colts game was easy to diagnose. Skymore had a horrible day and very much telegraphed a loss out of the gate. Then you can point to every other. Obvious drop, self-inflicted wound, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. For the Chiefs and Bills, you asked, is it Andy Reid? Is it coaching? Is it execution? Is it personnel? For Chiefs-Bills, the answer to all of those questions is yes. Everybody, is it Mahomes? Is it Kelsey? Is it the running backs? Is it the is it the offensive line? Yes. Every single person who I have been able to find in this game had some amount of blame to shoulder. It's not very much, so there's no scapegoat. Mm -hmm. Against the Colts, you had a couple of scapegoating options. Sky Moore being the the obvious one. Special teams being the obvious one. Travis Kelsey got beat on a great throw from Mahomes. Kelsey didn't love how he played that ball. And the Bills defender punched it out on that back shoulder. It was a good ball. It was 50-50 for Kelsey. He lost that that one-on-one in that moment. Mm Andrew Wiley lost a one-on-one in a bad moment. Josh Williams lost a one-on-one in that moment, in a bad moment, um, a couple times. I mentioned the Kelsey one because he had a great game, and just one one battle, they were arm wrestling, and he just lost it there. It it makes it a very difficult game to summarize, but it makes it a pretty easy game to move on from. Correct, Because there were just some coin flips. You flip that coin 10 times, and the Bills won like six or seven of them. You can live with that. I don't think it's a sign of a, a fatal flaw that the Bills have the Chiefs number or anything. It's just what
0: happened this time. I took the same thing from the Colts to an extent, but the complete opposite where I go just burn the tape because I don't see that happening again. Against the sure. Bills, it was one of those situations where the Bills are a great team. The the Chiefs played about a B-minus game. I think that's what I said on post I, I think the Bills played about... A B to a B-minus game as well? I think
1: it was a B from the Bills and a B-minus from the Chiefs for maybe the only two teams in the NFL with a real
0: A-plus gear they can get to. they can get to. So it was one of those situations where you go, you know what? This does not define the playoffs. This wasn't the playoffs. Both teams, I think, will be back in the AFC Championship game. And you move on. You move on. To next week, you got to face the 49ers now. Yep. But I didn't leave like you mentioned with any fatal flaw against Kansas City, and for me, that was a big positive. Let's take a quick break. Let's do it. We'll come back. Let's talk some defense, because I want to talk a little bit more about the defense and what Spags was doing, as I'd well like, as the the I'd, cornerbacks and the issues. I'd like that. Still at edge, I like that very much. Home stretch here, ESPN Kansas City.
2: Welcome back to the home stretch here. ESPN,
0: Kansas City, Briscoe, still with us. What is this song? I don't care. Jimmy Buffett. That's right. I thought it sounded like. It's Jimmy... 5 o'clock somewhere. Okay, it sounded like Jimmy Buffett. It's Alan, it's Alan Jackson, for a second. too. Okay. And then they go to the point at the end of the song where they're like, You've been to Margaritaville a few times. Yes, I have. But keep it between the navigational beacons, between the buoys. You've been there, you have seen your boat there? Your boat, you a few times. I want to use. hear on the buoys. All right. Well, that's good. Stumble my way back. Okay. Well, just want to make sure you can keep it between the navigational beacons. <laughs> there you go. All right. throwing those with Jimmy. All right. Well, it's Let's
1: fun. get out of here. All right. Gone. I, I kind of like Jimmy Buffett. I don't... I... I, uh... I'm not all under Yacht Rock. And some of the country twang that's that comes really out of his rock. My, that's
0: more. Nothing's more yacht rock than Jimmy, than James Andrew I, Buffett. That song specifically with Alan Jackson, and Jimmy Buffett. You give me some Margaritaville, I'm in. I agree. Not, no, and, that's, I didn't, I okay, didn't recognize just that, that song at first. Okay. No,
1: I'm saying that Jimmy Buffett in general is quintessential. Sure, that's fair. Quintessential. Sure,
0: agreed. It's quintessential boat music. Him with Holland Boats.
1: All right, I got to come up with a pun for a Jimmy Buffett
0: song. I one time wanted to start a Yacht Rock restaurant, and I had a lot. We call it Tequila Town. No, we had like like French fries were called something different. Ambrosia was there. Toto. It was pretty good. We had a lot of good Yacht Rocky themes. Now, Yacht Rocky, sorry, Rocky is actually at- Sylvester Stallone's act, <laughs> where he does the do
1: Buffett
0: <laughs> Wearing a
1: Yacht hey, Rocky.
0: Was that your Sylvester Stallone? And also a little bit of
1: uh Richard Nixon. I was gonna say that's more
0: Richard Nixon. Than... Richard Nixon, you just gotta shake. I'm you... not on a boat. You just gotta somehow shake your your uh, your jowls. Yeah. Your your J O W L S. That's right. That's yeah. a good word. I love the word jowls. You know what's really good? Jowls. Pig jowl. The inside of a pig's cheek when you uh, like a pig roast. I've I've e- heard
1: that the cheek meat is is legitimately delicious. I was Sterling nervous the cheek. To... Yeah, how was how are the cheeks?
0: They're they're good cheeks.
1: Good cheeks. Yeah. Ever think about hey? Previously, uh, a pig was using this to eat, and like its tongue was in here. Okay. Well, have you, that have, that pig, have you had like, a rump
2: had a chewing roast? habit too? Have you ever thought of that? Like, uh, the pig just was
0: dip. Just yeah. A of skull. That pig yes. loved grizzly winter. <laughs> yes. gri- but you know what it does? Nice minty flavor uh, and. That's- Get a nice buzz.
1: I like a uh, I like a mint chocolate thing. I'm sure they've made you know like a minty bacon or something. So, I feel like I feel so. Like how do good. you
0: marinate your pig? Yeah. Oh yeah, I get some grizzly wintergreen. A green, little can throw of winter green. Throw some chaw in there. Gives it a nice flavor, robust. Some longhorn. Some yeah, long- <laughs> that's good stuff. Red right man. There. You get some red
1: man in there. It's just. It's not some... the same if you marinate it. You need the pig to have a tobacco
0: problem. Yeah, yeah. In life, of course. I was laughing during the break because before we were talking sports, Yeah, we always laugh because we don't talk a ton of sports because we talk sports on every other show we always do. Briscoe and I are very whimsical. That's right. I love Some that Some say word. farcical. I would say both. So we like to keep it light. Fantastical. So when I said let's talk sports, then he actually brought up a sports thing. He didn't get to the part that I wanted to talk Sorry, about. Sorry. I didn't mean to derail your show with too much sports. Uh, the thing I saw that was sports related was- Jimmy Buffett's only 5'7". I got three inches on them. Whoa. Uh, only five five. Uh Northwest College wrestlers hospitalized after bear attack in Wyoming. And it ended good because I got scared for a second. I, yeah, you read this with a big smile on your face. So I was like, Are they okay? They're okay, according to what I can see from what I can from the initial ESPN report here. Yeah. These two wrestlers up there in Wyoming were out, I guess, hiking. And they got surprised by a bear. A grizzly
1: bear attacked him. If you type the word wrestlers on Google, the autofill are wrestlers
0: bear attack, wrestlers fight off bear, wrestlers grizzly attack. Keep going. So, one dude's getting attacked by a bear. His friend goes, do I leave and try and get help, or do I jump on a a grizzly bear's back? Give him a full Nelson. Dude jumped on the bear's back? I don't know if you can get, you wrap around the bear's arm. Those are some big,
2: It's got to yeah. be a
0: big bear. And started attacking that guy. Other guys on the phone, on the ground, calling for help, right? Bear leaves, comes back again and starts attacking them again. Eventually they get away. And now they have a hell of a story.
1: Um, There were four of them.
0: I'm seeing two. The other two, it looks like, helped him down the mountain ABC, eventually.
1: ABC News here. Four college wrestlers say they are mm. grateful to be alive mm. as they mourn the loss of one teammate who was not so lucky. Wait, what? I feel like you should have read more of this story before you made it. So it's not on an
0: ESPN. That's because I made it
1: up. They're all four fine.
0: Oh my gosh! You almost—you said some bad things on here before that made me feel horrible. I'm like looking at the ESPN page. And I'm like. It says they're, they were in the Four hospital. Four college behind. wrestlers say they are grateful to be alive and
1: for each other after going toe-to-toe with a grizzly bear in Wyoming over the weekend. Thank you. Way to make me feel bad for a second. Quote, the bear came running out of the trees. I didn't even see it until it was right in front of me, but I heard the crashing, Lowry told ABC News in an exclusive interview that aired Wednesday on Good Morning America. The only thing I could yell is bear, bear, he recalled. I just knew I had to protect my head in that kind of fight for life, you know. It's life or death. It makes sense that it was two and then two because there's a picture of, like, the four of them from their interview. And two of them look – one of them looks the worst. One of them looks significantly next worst. And then two of them look like they witnessed their friends almost die.
0: Yeah, so an ESP from, from a safe distance. The one I saw was, like, two dudes were getting attacked. The other two dudes were on the mountain as well. Yeah. And then they eventually came to got it. To, to help. But, yeah. You got to get – you got to get to add a one to your
1: record if you wrestle a bear away, right? Yeah, like you, you, as get, a wrestler, you get a dub there. I think you either you you get a, you either get a a win that makes it into the record books, or it gets to, you just need to eliminate
0: a loss. Imag- Wipe it from the records. Imagine going up once they get healthy, yes. going up against the next guy, and being like. I wrestled a bear. Yeah, I was just. A what do you think it would do to, it. to you? I was
2: just about to say. Imagine going against these guys. Yeah, like y- yeah, you no have chance. no psychological edge whatsoever. None. None. I mean you have to watch that DiCaprio movie maybe to like find out how or where they're going to go. But you're that's just it.
0: You're just sitting there going, "Hey pal, where are your talons? Where's your claws? What you gonna bite me? Yeah, what Didn't do you, you bite think so? me?"
1: Yeah, imagine imagine just the first time that now you are wrestling another human being that's about your size. Uh, He it 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 must be dad's strength, like to the extent of, uh, sorry, I'm just suddenly stronger than I knew I ever was because once you've once you've wrestled a a bear, a uh, in college, yes, uh, another college kid does not really does
0: not really have the potential to overpower me. Cause a bear couldn't. I'm also fairly certain there's a band called I wrestled a bear once. And frankly, they should give that name up to these two guys. If they ever wanted to start a band, this should be them.
1: Um, I wrestled a bear once there is merch that from a band by the same name. It looks Boom. like maybe all one word. Good call. These guys should get a lifetime supply of merch from this band. Yeah. Just so they can wear shirts around that say I wrestled a bear once.
2: Uh, Maybe like an NIL with the National Wildlife Fire Foundation. Wow, yeah,
1: that's good. I like. Yeah, the NIL. This you're thinking. You're thinking in 2022, Dylan. The NIL opportunities here could be incredible. Yeah.
0: Speaking of Bears, do we try and let them fight the defensive line for the Chiefs to improve? Uh, Not Chris Jones. You mean the Chicago Bears? Not 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 Chris Jones. I want to talk about the Chicago Bears. Obviously, because Chris Jones has been. Incredible. Yeah, he's been. been But the grizzly bear in the middle there. The defensive line of Kansas City has been, in my opinion, the biggest issue. I agree. It's why you upset by this? Okay, I agree with you. Well, we'll talk briefly then about it. I think a lot of the issues that are getting pointed out with Joshua Williams, the secondary, it's unfair because you're asking rookies to go one on one against Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, and then hold for like six seconds because there's zero pressure. The Chiefs can't get any pressure with four, and this is with including who has been the best basically defensive player in the NFL, yep. and Chris Jones this season. It's sad. It's frustrating. If you're a spags, you have to be irritated too because you're sitting here going, I can't do any of my plans because I have to send either Legere, Sneed or Nick Bolton to get any sort of pressure on the quarterback. It's just a situation where you're sitting here going, what can they do? In the
1: NFL, if you have four pass rushers being accounted by five linemen, one guy gets double teamed all the time. All you need is one of your other three to win a one-on-one matchup. That's a spot you'll take as a defensive coordinator. And the Chiefs are not getting one-on-one victories from George Karloftis, Frank Clark. Tershawn Wharton was giving them some. He's out for the year. Colin Saunders has been in the backfield some, but not not enough to, to fully you know begin to make the impact that any one of these other guys needs to make. I'm most concerned with the edge. Mike Dana was having a nice year before his injury. Now he's back. We'll see kind of if, if he's back at full speed. Or I, I didn't recognize him doing a whole lot of damage against Buffalo. That could just be, you know, the way the game ended up playing sure. out. But they, we knew this coming into the year. Mm-hmm. I didn't like uh, Carlos Dunlap, I mentioned. I liked that signing just fine, but he hasn't done anything special. No. We talked all the time leading up, even after the draft, saying, okay, so your edge rusher plan here. Is a guy who has never produced in Kansas City to the level you expected when you traded for him, being Frank Clark, who is now old and in the best shape of his life. You have another older pass rusher that you just you're hoping that he's got twenty percent back in the tank still, you know, that he can give you a few bursts in the rotation. And then you got a rookie who was playing water polo forty-five minutes ago. He's just learning how to play football right now. That is not a winning, impactful edge rush unit. It's just not. The best chance they have to improve is George Karloftis just playing more Mm -hmm. football. Like, this isn't a criticism of Karloftis. It's just, yeah, man, I don't... Grease to Purdue to the the Chiefs' front line is not an easy transition to make. I think he'll keep getting better and, and splashing and flashing more later in the year. But but Frank Clark is exactly the same guy that he's been the last several years. Being skinny didn't change that. He, 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 which, again, is to say he's got some moments where he's been close, but he's not been consistent. And this defensive line needs something consistent, and the only consistent player on it right now in a positive way is Chris Jones. We keep
0: saying close. We keep saying pressures. Carl Loft is, I, th- I think, leads rookies in pressures, if I'm not mistaken, from I what think I saw? I,
1: a, a couple weeks ago, he was tied with Aiden Hutchinson. So it Maybe could a second, be. but it's could be around one there. or
0: two. He is, produ- he is pressured well for a rookie. But I'm it's still, still one sure. of those situations where you go, and this is where I keep going back, pressures are fine, but what do you do with those pressures? Does it, does it affect the play? And it feels like they're not affecting the play that often. You can point to one and two, but, you know, one or two a game, obviously, right? But... They're not affecting them enough or at least uh, consistently enough with the pressures they are getting to make a difference. And that's where I come come to my conclusion where I go, pressures are great, sure, but they're not all created equally. They're different. Right.
1: So I actually thought that the Bills game was a fascinating example of when the Chiefs were creating pressures, not sacks, but pressures in a way that did impact the game. You're going to have to let me land the plane on this one because I'm going to come back around to being on your side here. Spoiler alert. But on those first three or four Bills drives, on two or three of them, the drive basically ended on pressure. You hurry the process. Maybe Isaiah McKenzie should have should have not tripped over his feet and had that touchdown um, down in the red zone. But Josh Allen's process was rushed there, so his throw was rushed, and it wasn't exactly where McKenzie was expecting it to be. Um, there are several examples of that where – uh, even the, the third down, the blitz came, there was pressure but didn't really impact uh, Josh Allen, but then Justin Reed levels Isaiah McKenzie They get the ball back there. There were three or four real examples on Sunday of pressure making an impact despite it not being a hit or a sack because you could see it hurrying Josh Allen. But I think maybe all of those that I am thinking back to came on blitzes. So that's a different conversation. If you blitz, as we have discovered in other places, the Gabe Davis long touchdown that we've referred to a couple times already, the Chiefs brought seven, the Bills held back seven, and every Bills defender at least slowed their guy down. So they communicated well, blocked it well. He took the deep shot to Gabe Davis. He got past Josh Williams. C'est la vie. In the instance of getting those pressures with four that is where I see this team as having a, just a tremendous deficiency right now. The pressures can be impactful, and they were on on, on Sunday, but they, they came at the cost of not having as many guys in your secondary as you'd like to
0: have. What would you do, or I guess what would you say, if the Chiefs entertained a trade with Brian Burns? Say, for example, the asking price is a first-rounder, a second-rounder, because that's what... At least I've been seeing what I've been hearing. That's my initial thoughts as well. You you, you trade a first and a second. You're going to have to re-sign him to a very large lucrative contract. But that now bolsters your your edge position. It gives you a, what, top five? Easy top ten edge player, but maybe top five. That seems seems strong. Top ten for sure, though. I think easy top ten. We'll we'll, we'll say there. And he's young. What would you say?
1: So let me just, just, I want to make sure that we're on the same page here. So what you're telling me is the chiefs could trade for a early twenties, you know, mid twenties defensive end first and second round pick probably going to need about a hundred million dollar contract really performed well on his NFC team. um, Despite a little bit of a slower start. um, But in recent years has been a pretty consistent sacking force. Um, That's, 29 and a half sacks over the uh the four years so far uh for brian burns maybe you could say that he's pacing for 35 sacks his first four years in carolina do you want them to trade for frank clark again thank you that's and i i think the answer to that question could be yes if you say yeah because brian burns's guts aren't weird and i see something specific from him that i didn't see from frank clark or whatever there is a world in which I don't think you're an idiot for saying, yeah, I'd give up a first-round pick and, and give that contract to Brian Burns. But it would be the same logic that led you to, to Frank Clark. And it's not even about these two guys being the same player, although it is very funny. Four years in Seattle, 35 sacks for uh, Frank Clark, <laughs> 29 and a half right now with about that much time remaining for uh, for Brian Burns. If he finishes with 10 sacks, he'll have 35 and a half. <laughs> He's averaged nine in the last couple of years. I think here's here's where I think the comparison is very fair. Okay, here's here's my, here's the point. That shiny thing on the other side of the glass. Oh, it's tantalizing. Oh boy, that shiny thing on the other side of the glass yeah. could really revitalize this defensive line, and maybe it could. There's a multiverse where Frank Clark does that for the Chiefs. There's a multiverse where Brian Burns does that for the Chiefs. It is not a process I would duplicate. Yeah. It, you know where you where you get Brian Burns? You have to draft him. You hope, George Karloff, this is him. You If you don't think you're going to find it late in the first round, it is a trade-up-and-go-get-that-guy situation. We talked about Kayvon Thibodeau in a real way. When they traded up for Trent McDuffie, I thought it was going to be for Jermaine Johnson because it was going to be, let's just find our Brian Burns or our original Frank Clark, or mm-hmm. etc. Because I don't like paying twice. I don't like paying on debit and on credit. I'd rather give you one card and let you charge me. But if you say, okay, so what you're going to be doing is you're going to be paying off this down the line with your draft picks. And also, I'm going to need a whole bunch of cash from you right now. And then that cash is going to be paid out over the next several years as well. You're paying in picks. You're paying in cap space. You're doing it for an older player who is, in theory, a more known quantity than a rookie. yeah. In theory. Sometimes there are still things you didn't know. Sometimes there are still just drop-offs that happen. I'm not predicting the demise of Brian Burns. I'm telling you that I, don't, I didn't like that process when they did it for Frank Clark before I knew the results. I don't want them to do that again, even while I
0: don't know the results. I am 100% exact same page as you. I like the known quantity typically more often because it's always the same thing where it, you know the family sure. guy thing where we've always wanted a boat it could yes. be a boat and so you draft it instead of taking the boat right yep, absolutely sometimes just take the boat okay i understand that but i also want to make the point here someone asked me you're basically trying to get brian burns in the draft and that's what you're trying to get and i go to next it yes but I'm also basically saying I want a first-rounder, a second-rounder, and $100 million of cap space to, on equal, edge position. To, yes. to, to, to equal a Brian Burns. That's right. And that's what it comes down to is I don't know if Brian Burns can live up to all of that. If it was just the contract, sure. If it was just the draft pick and he was a rookie on his rookie deal, then you know what? Probably sure. But that's not the case here. Your credit and debit analysis right there, I thought, was very, very well-spoken. I really like that. I'm probably going to steal it from you, frankly. take it. I just yeah. came up with it just now. Yeah, it's I, all yours. I liked it. It's all yours. You're paying twice. And paying
1: twice I started uh, last offseason. That one. That was so, a trademark uh, at J.B. Briscoe Incorporated.
0: As much as I—again— If the Chiefs got Brian Burns, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to sit here and talk my way into saying this could make some sense, especially it comes great for the football team uh, in the year 2022. Yes, 100, and maybe even in 2023. Sure, but. But it comes down to it's very similar feeling to the Frank Clark move, and you don't want to double down on a decision. And maybe the Chiefs would say, you know what? We flipped a coin. The first one came up. We were hoping for heads. Yep. It came up tails. Sure. Let's flip it again, and maybe this one comes up heads. Maybe that's you can make the case for. I, I, I just— it is a riskier proposition yeah. than the alternatives and
1: it's a it's a move that i think you typically are found making when you're panicking a little bit
0: and the chiefs spent all offseason trying to retool this year for a longer window yeah. and i understand the, the the nfl uh, maybe down overall you know there's three really good teams i'd say chiefs eagles bills Jets. oh okay oh J- <laughs> yeah giants sorry i forgot about the yeah, new york teams yeah yeah them. So you can maybe make the case that hey, this is a good year to go all in. You you have an easier chance at winning a Super Bowl. This off season was about building. It was retooling the building the next iteration. Yeah, your window's always open when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. Yeah, let's take a quick break. Come back. uh, Come back. Play this or that. Briscoe joining us right here. Home stretch. ESPN. Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch here, ESPN Kansas City. Come on, Briscoe, this or that, peppermint ice cream or peppermint bark ice cream? So, shout out to, uh, to Bluebell mm-hmm. for bringing through
1: some incredible ice cream. I actually said on the zone, peppermint bark, because I love peppermint bark. But the Peppermint Bluebell Ice Cream is an all-time favorite for me. Maybe Mount
0: Rushmore. Goes hard. I like the holiday one. It's pretty sweet. But also in, great. It, but you know what's great? I eat a bleep ton of ice cream. I love ice cream. You cannot eat a bleep ton of the holiday one. It's like snickerdoodle chocolate. Man, it's Christmas Ever- cookie. I think it's the actual cookie. name of the flavor. It's incredible. Woo! But like in small doses. So for me, it's an ideal situation because right. now... It's just a little bit. They also have I'm just doing an ad for Bluebell now. They have those little uh, little cups of the chocolate and vanilla ones that are like one little serving. Yeah. An incredible invention. Yeah. More carries at season's end. Pacheco or McKinnon? Pacheco's up by like three right now. I'm gonna go ahead and say Pacheco actually. I, I think
1: that mm. Pacheco crane that Pacheco train is uh, is coming. So it's not McKinnon season? I think he's gonna. His role will stay, but I think I think Pacheco's is going to increase. Are the Chiefs fans too hard on Clyde
0: edwards alaire
1: No. <laughs> no. What? No. They finally turned on him. Just, he, he he was he was in a honeymoon for a long time. He's an average player.
0: I think the fans are too hard on Clyde. Starting win for, for for his draft position. And the reason why it's not his fault, because you know me, I hated the draft pick, hated it. But I would have hated any running back in the first round. It's not his fault that she's drafted him in the first. That's on Kansas City. If he was drafted in Uh, the fifth, would we be having the same conversation about him? No. No, we would not. No, but it's but not the, on him. But the Chiefs did, this kind of goes
1: back to Orlando Brown thing a little bit. The Chiefs did tell us what they thought of him. Sure. By where they selected him. It's why Pacheco, as a seventh-round pick, has more hyper. Now, it's also just a new thing. I sure. just think people have had their eyes look open. Look at yards per carry.
0: I think you'll be surprised. Uh, uh, do the Chiefs- EPA per play. Isaiah Pacheco's had worse
1: blocking and ran for more yardage. Over expected.
0: Do the Chiefs trade for a top-end talent at edge? This year? Like yeah. This before the deadline? No. Okay. Uh, we kind of talked about it, but I wanted to see if you actually yep. were on board now. Yep.
1: Burnt ends or ribs? Burn ends. I've been a, I've become a full burn end
0: convert. I love them. Better team, Raiders or Broncos? Raiders. Do the Eagles end this season with the best record in the NFC? Yeah. Who wins the NFC North, Vikings or Packers? I think the Vikings have too big of a lead. Side me up, baby. Kirk Cousins season. I don't like that. Rather, I know. It, it's like if, if I have to bet my life on who wins that division, I'm going into hiding. I'm so uh, yeah, right, Rather I'm the watch the, the Broncos on primetime again or get hit in the shin with a razor scooter.
1: Um, I at least partially enjoy watching the Broncos on Primetime with Twitter. If you were just gonna like lock me in a dark yeah, room with no internet, room.
0: just watch it. Blade up my shins, fam. Do the Rams make
1: the playoffs? I think so, but, but, I mean, no confidence whatsoever. Do the Giants make the playoffs? I don't think so, but those those two
0: teams might be fighting for the same spot. <laughs> Who could throw a football farther, you or me? Me. I doubt it. Dylan? Me or Briscoe? Who's throwing one farther? Dylan's probably
1: throwing it farther than Yeah, I know. That's why us. he's having okay. this
0: conversation. Yeah. Did you know how confident I was when I said me?
2: I mean, it's tough, man. I think Briscoe. I'm sorry. I, I feel like it was close. close. We can also test this. We I can, can bring a test- ball in. Next Let's week.
0: do it. I'm better on the run. Who uh, edge or tackle is a bigger need for Kansas City?
1: This year they're like all, forever. This year edge.
0: Have you ever had a McRib? No. That's what she said. Or phrasing. Phrasing. Does McDuffie play this week? Yes. Briscoe, always a pleasure. Dylan, always a pleasure. We'll be back live in the studio tomorrow at three to four p.m. Go Home warm stretch. Up. I we are out. <laughs>